Good afternoon and welcome to the program. It has been a long three years and a month, roughly, give or take, since the pandemic really hit high gear here in central Illinois. But as you may have heard, the pandemic health emergency is coming to an end on May 11th, which doesn't necessarily mean the pandemic's coming to an end on May 11th. To figure out what this all means going forward, we are very pleased to welcome to the program someone who has been an invaluable resource over these last three years plus, Gail O'Neill, the Sangamon County Director of Public Health. And Gail, it's always a pleasure to have you on the program. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Jim. I'm happy to join you. Well, uh, again, the uh, formal designation, both at the federal and state level, that the pandemic emergency will end on May 11th. So what exactly does that mean? What changes on May 11th? Well, things kind of are going to start to wind down and it not be called an emergency. So a lot of the federal funding will start to, um, that's unrelated to COVID, will start to, to dry up. And some of the changes that we've seen um, will change at, at different times. But the most immediate will be um, COVID vaccine and treatment. There could be a cost for that as soon as, um, you know, people like ourselves, um, you know, run run out of vaccine and have to start purchasing vaccines. Some of the providers doing that as well. Um, there will be a, a cost through the insurance companies if we need to do vaccines. Um, we don't truly have a date on that yet. We still are getting our supplies from, from the Illinois Department of Public Health. But at some point, the funding from that will go away. And the same with the, the free testing kits. We're encouraging people to, to get your testing kits. You can get them free at the pharmacies. I think you get about eight um, tests before they kind of run out through what the government has purchased. So those are things that'll, that'll go away. Um, some of these special incentives for some SNAP food benefits have, have been winding back down um, as people are able to go back to work and adjust to their life post-COVID a little bit. Um, some of the medical providers, we, you know, we learned to do a lot of things with COVID. Um, one of them is telemedicine. I mean, there was some of that in the beginning where you could actually see your doctor on a, on a phone call or on a... Um, a smartphone with a FaceTime or a video call, and that is, was um, deemed to be paid for by um, insurance companies, and that is going to continue, and they'll they'll look at that in a year or so from now. So that's something good, um, a little bit of a change, but it will stay around. Uh, and you know that that is certainly good. I have to admit, I'm a little concerned about particularly uh, vaccines now being a, a charge here because I've had you know m multiple doses of the vaccine since it first became available. Never had a penny out of pocket for any of it. Now you mentioned insurance is likely to cover it, but do we know yet? For most insurers, is there going to be a copay? Are they are are people going to have to pay to get the vaccine? And given the reluctance that we've seen from some people to get a free shot, how much harder is it going to be if there is a need for another vax dose? another booster to get people to pay for it yeah that will be that will be a difficult situation hard sell about that um and we don't really know any of the dates at this time but you know it, it's reasonable it'll be handled like like the flu shots and a lot of people i don't know if they have copays or that's covered i think we don't know the full impact of that yet but it's something to consider how about uh, other funding for the County Department of Public Health, other services that you've been able to provide over these last three years? Is your funding going to take a hit? What impact is that going to have on, on a variety of local programs and services? Well, really, the funding that we got during COVID was pretty specific to the you know vaccination clinics and a lot of the activities we were doing. Um, we 
you know, we're kind of scaling back and, and looking at, we don't think there's going to be a loss of anything um, as far as what we've done. We actually should start seeing more people hopefully coming in, and we're trying to get the word out for people to use our services. Come to the health department for your WIC services. A lot of people um, kind of forgot about that when they had the supplemental money with um, that helped with their food. Food's expensive now, so anybody with children under age five, a pregnant and breastfeeding woman should, you know, sign up and start coming back to WIC because there's a lot of uh, food that's available for people there. Um, we hadn't seen people. They didn't have to come face-to-face, and they will. that will start um, 120 days after May 11th, but anybody can come back in face-to-face now. That's that's a really good thing. We haven't really cut back on any services or we don't really have any losses. In fact, we have a little bit of money that the uh, state through the federal government gave us to try to increase the number of people that we have currently doing contact tracing. Um, you know, because what we found out with this uh, COVID was that there was a lot of people that, you know, the basic skeleton of public health had been pretty much, you know, beat down over the last 10 years. So we have a few more people on staff, which is good, and we think we'll be able to keep them. So, yeah, we're just um, hoping that we just learn to live with COVID and um, don't have anything like this for a while. We're talking with Gail O'Neill, director of the Sangamon County Department of Public Health. And Gail, as we noted, declaring an end to the pandemic health emergency isn't the same as saying the pandemic itself is over. Now, we have certainly seen reduced numbers in Sangamon County in recent months, low levels of community transmission, but it's not uh, its not zero. You know, it is, we, we continue to see cases, we continue to see COVID-related deaths in the county, uh, one or two or three a month. So uh, what, uh, what are you anticipating over this? summer months and beyond in terms of COVID's impact on people, especially medically vulnerable people in the community? Well, we think it's something to still be concerned about and people who, um, you know, haven't vaccinated or, you know, might still want to consider that. There looks like there's going to be a change where they're going to encourage people to, the, the CDC is going to make some rulings that started yesterday from what we saw with the emergency use authorization says, basically, don't worry about the the primary vaccines that everybody got before. Don't go back and start over. Let's make sure that people get the um, the bivalent vaccine. So it looks like um, there could be an opportunity for those 65 and older or those immune compromised may be able to get another uh, a booster of the bivalent, uh, not in the near future. In, in addition, as you noted, uh, the Department of Public Health has a lot of responsibilities, a lot of things you try to do. A lot of it took at least you know, a partial backseat to COVID over the last three years. So what will be the department's big priorities going forward now? What are the things you're going to be focusing on for the rest of the year and beyond? Well, we certainly spend a lot of time and effort with our health, with our um, food uh, community and making sure that we provide, you know, education to make sure food is safe. We'll be gearing up for the safe state fair again, which we did last year, but we're um, partnering and, and making sure that uh, the new establishments and the new people working in food service know how to do that safely. We have, um, you know, we still do people make sure that their septic systems are working as they get put in, or um, we do that. We want to make sure that kids don't get way behind in their immunizations. It's, you know, they're, gonna, they're still in school, but it'll be not too long that we'll be back to school. We want 
kids to get their immunizations. Okay, can I ask you about that? Because, you know, yes. the whole concept of immunization has, you know, taken on a, a tone that I'd never seen before in terms of skepticism, you know, in the aftermath of COVID. So is that a, a harder sell now to make sure that kids have required immunizations? Are you encountering more resistance to that than you used to? We did notice some of that last year, and there is talk of that where people just don't like because there's been so much with the COVID, don't, you know, we're talking again about not liking vaccines. It's quite concerning as a public health matter um, when we're thinking about worrying if we're going to have mumps and measles and things like this reoccurring, you know, when we've had in polio. If people stop, you know, vaccinating their children, we may very well go back in time from how the progress we've made on, you know, vaccine preventable diseases. Uh, another area that I know has been uh, an issue of concern for, for public health locally, statewide as well, is just simply uh, ensuring adequate access to care, uh, both in minority communities and in rural areas. And while we're, we're pretty lucky here in Sangamon County, we're, it's a fairly compact county, nobody's too far outside the city and the medical services that are available here. How uh, much of a focus is that going to be going forward just to make sure that the, the health care that's available is equally available to everybody? Right. That's, we really work continually through the, through the years with our community needs assessments and, and activities between St. John's and a Memorial with the health department. And we, we do look at that. And it's time um, where we, we're partnering together to try to find some more activities and make sure that we're outbound more and that we hear if there's people you know, needing services that can't get them. We have you know, SIU here in our building with a federally qualified health center that can add some um, services to people who aren't, you know, who don't have a medical home. They can get services here. So, yeah, we're going to try to grow and make sure that any niche in the community that, you know, doesn't have services that we, we work really hard for that. And I know that uh, from a public health perspective, there's always uh, a concern about chronic diseases, whether it's heart disease, diabetes, uh, other things like that, sexually transmitted diseases as well. And I know you have programs and initiatives that, that deal with all of these things. So what's the best way for people to find out the services that are available, the help they can receive through the Sangamon County Department of Public Health? Well, our website is a good place to start, and it's scdph.org. Simon County Department of Public Health.org, and that will give you a lot of information. We welcome people to give us a call, and uh, number is 217 535 3102. We'll get you to the services and people that can kind of tell you. We have quite a few things going on, and so if people kind of tell us what they need, we sure, um, if we don't do it, we'll find someone who does. Well, Gail, I know over the last three years we've talked about almost nothing but the pandemic, but you know you're welcome back anytime to discuss any of these public health initiatives on the program. We always do appreciate your time. Thank you.